0: Beloved Church of God, beginning our service before the Lord, let us stand, please, and affirm with the proclamation of the faith of our heart the promise that relates to the door of our hope. Let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your holy name for this once again privilege to be in this place that your hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name. And so allow your inheritance in the name of the blood of the covenant to be lifted to heights higher than us and to break all burden and sin that binds us. May in this service be cursed as before. All the works of devil, illnesses, poverty, premature death, demonic dependencies, all forms of fears, depression, destruction, selfishness, ignorance, all of this, let it depart from the tents of your holy people and stand, Lord, on the place of your rest, you and the ark of your might. And may your saints be clothed in your salvation, and may they rejoice before your countenance. Give us more from your Spirit. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Allow us to find your holy countenance. We thank you that this service is presented by Apostle Arkadian to your divine arms, and we ask you to continue to lead it with your high and uplifted hand. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. May you be blessed. Please be seated. The letter of Apostle Paul to the Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 22 through 24. That you put off concerning your former conduct the old man, which grows a corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God into righteousness and holiness. We continually note these three verbs, to set aside, to renew, and to clothe. And although they seem simple words, but behind them, Stands the ancient path of goodness. As we hear, this is the whole life of a person, of a Christian, who is born of God, and for him is placed a goal by God. If you love me, if you want to be with me, to follow after me, then you need To set aside the former way of life of the old man, to renew your thinking with the spirit of your mind, and as a result to be clothed into the new man in order to practice the righteousness of God, to be with God, to live with God, to have joy with God, to inherit God's promise. I began to listen and met with a sermon of our pastor, Brother Arkady, having been a young young person, approximately 18 years, and haven't had an opportunity yet to partake in these brotherly so-called brotherly councils, but I was already a member of a church, having had accepted baptism, but I rejoiced that ahead of me was a blessed life. I read about the fear of the Lord. And as we know, the fear of the Lord comes through humility. When a person gains the fear of the Lord, in it are the riches life. And this had interested me. It interested me to have this kind of life, an abundant life. Life, I thought, meant success, glory, that I would be noticed, prosperity, and I was focused on this. But then realized, I have to gain the fear of the Lord, and all the rest shall come, and life shall be good. And in this moment, I met with the ministry of our pastor, having heard a sermon. I want to mention a holy place of scripture. This is in an Isaiah, and the prophetic word for them had be- became for them as the following when this word is given to a person to read, he tries to open this word and he says, it is sealed. It is sealed, I can't read it. And then, this word is taken and given to a person who can't read it and he says, I'm sorry, but I can't read it. And in this way, Becomes rule for rule, commitment for commitment, and a person with his own mind begins to interpret this word and he doesn't know how to read it and therefore it is sealed. I wanted to highlight this idea that these three verbs to set aside, to renew, and to clothe have become possible for us, for myself, to enter into the riches of God, the riches of this revelation the riches of this ancient path of goodness because it isn't a new way, it is the ancient path. It has been given by God long ago in the ancient of days. From the ancient of days there were righteous people that, felt, that found this ancient path of goodness and had stood upon it. God said stop doing evil and learn to do good, meaning set aside the former way of life of your old man. And then learn to do good to do good is to protect the orphan protect the widow and then he says come and we will judge and we will look at you the Lord has given mercy through the ministry of our pastor the ministry of the Apostle because it is written In him, in Christ Jesus, are all the promises. The promises of the ability to stand upon this ancient path of goodness and to walk along it, to reach that goal that God has highlighted for us. And this became possible through the ministry of our pastor, Brother Arkady. This is my testimony. I wanted to note it, but I think that this is the testimony of each person. Was found upon this place we have already noted that the new man in whom we must be clothed is our inner innermost man that has been born from the imperishable seed of the word of god which by nature is righteous holy imperishable and immortal because of which although temporarily is found in the perishable body He dwells in the fourth dimension of the invisible and eternal world. Thus, our new man carries in himself the dimension of eternity and time, and therefore he doesn't depend on time, and he rules over time, because he looks upon the invisible, lives according to the invisible, and strives toward the invisible, because of which he calls the inexistent inheritance of Christ as existent in eternity as we hear, it exists in the spirit, it is given by God, it is located there. In time it is unseen, it has not been manifested in time, but this does not have a great big meaning for us because this seed has already been placed in us, it is growing and the time will come that is appointed by God that this seed will be revealed if a person dwells in the order of God. Calling the inexistent as existent means to proclaim with our lips the treasure of faith that is contained in our heart in the format of the imperishable inheritance that is pure and unfading, just as the prophet Isaiah does in Isaiah chapter 61, verses 10 through 11. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for He has clothed me with the garments of salvation he has covered me with the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its bud, as the garden causes the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. We have stopped to study the garments of righteousness and the measure of that price that is necessary to pay for the right to be clothed in the robe of righteousness and we looked at six conditions for doing so and we've stopped to study the seventh condition. The seventh condition is very significant. It is a large condition. This is like a large branch on a large tree, a large thick branch. And There are branches from it and then flowers and buds and it becomes this large truth and in its truth are contained conditions and the Holy Spirit through the lips of his messenger offers this in such a format as we had just sung a song the feast it is a kind of rich it is a kind of treasure it's a kind of table that we can eat of and be transformed into the image Of this price or this word the seventh condition for the right to be clothed in the robe of righteousness to fulfill the justice of God is to be clothed in redemption that is yielded in observing the pace of the Lord according to the statute established by God each detail of the annual observance of basic Passover is what we call it in in Russian but it's correct to call it basic we've been taught this when I listen to these he when I listen to these Hebrew words words when I listened to the Hebrew language when I had just come to America many years ago. This was about thirty years ago. I had even taken courses for this language. But it seemed difficult to me and everything inside me began to boil. You or tr- I'm trying to at the same time learn English because it is necessary for life and also another language and it seemed difficult and I couldn't, I, I I couldn't, I listened and studied for six months and I thought I knew a lot but I forgot a lot. It's interesting that in the Hebrew language that each letter, where it is placed, what the letter is, what a dot is placed next to it, it carries big significance, and they pay attention to this. Other languages, they might not have such such a rich detail. Therefore, Jesus Christ said, not one dot from the law is going to disappear anywhere until all is fulfilled. Each detail of the annual observance of Pesach pointed to the legal right to exodus out of Egypt, which symbolizes the right to freedom from the vain life and being found in the promised land. As we hear, the promised land is our body. Jesus Christ, when he departed, he said, In the house of my father there are many inhabitants. That is the place where we are going to dwell. The new bodies for the saints chosen by God, they have been prepared from eternity. This dwelling place where we will dwell forever, this promised land, these are our imperishable new bodies in which we will live eternally. And he says, when I come, when I prepare it, I will come and take you to Me, so that you also can be in such a body as I am." And so, two days ago, I was speaking with one person, and Passover, uh, he said to me, why are you pushing this Old Testament to Me? And this person, he considers himself smart and Christian. I said, well, it is written in Scripture. God has written of this. He says, well, all of this old, and all that is old is close to destruction. Why are you giving me this ancient word? I looked at him, and I didn't want to talk with him any longer. There are sometimes these people that don't see the riches of this word. He didn't find a person that could instruct him. Because these riches had become for us so close, so dear, it has truly become a treasure for us. When we entered into a covenant with the man of God, when we accepted him as a messenger of God, thus he, as a reader, began to read for us and we began to learn. This became a reality for us. This was no longer just images. I also uh, was going to go to America. I was told there's many different kinds of churches and you're going to need to protect the church. The brothers had uh, advised me, you're going to go to Portland. There's going to be so many different churches there. And I decided I'm going to read 30 chapters a day. I had enough time. And I, each day, a minimum of 30 chapters was reading, read through them, and tried to read all of this, to uh, to penetrate all this. We read it, but it is sealed. You can't understand anything, especially it was difficult to read the the Book of Numbers. Uh, you read about the, the genealogy, I think, well how many, how quickly Uh, Well, I finished these 30 chapters, I figured I would need to learn more because I will need to protect the truth when I come to America. But this remained sealed. And it pointed, it was necessary for someone to instruct. It pointed to what? It pointed to the final deliverance from the perishable body itself and the mortal soul. And thanks to worthy partaking of the Pesach of the Lord, Saints are going to be clothed in imperishability and immortality and will be raptured upon the morning star. In order for the treasures of this feast to become real in our lives, Scripture imputed to us the need to fulfill ten conditions that are written about in Exodus chapter 12. During our previous services, we have already looked at nine conditions and have stopped to study the final and triumphant condition in which the redemption of God in a person was called to triumph over death and sin, and this was the need to look at the Pesach lamb with haste. Remember, we had to uh, be girded with a sash. Uh, this had to, This lamb had to be prepared with bitter herbs and so forth. All leaven had to be removed from the home. It was necessary to eat it with breads, and all of this has an important significant meaning and we have already arrived to the final triumphant concluding one it had to be eaten in haste eating the lamb it w- it could not be uh missed couldn't we couldn't slow down or tarry to set aside our dedication this would violate the statute of the passover a person would be deprived then of, triu- of the triumphant reign of this truth. Exodus twelve eleven. And thus you shall eat it with a belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. So you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. The element of haste upon partaking of Pasek was so important that it is mentioned in Scripture as a certain unchanging law. It is this element that was enabled in Exodus out of Egypt, and it was this element that was elevated to the rank of a special sign. So it was necessary to act very quickly in relation to it. Haste was necessary. And after they had pierced the lamb, they ate it. The angel came, and uh, the angel-destroyer came to destroy the firstborn of Egypt. And those that had observed the statute, the statute of this Pesic feast, they had received the opportunity to exit out of Egypt, which we know points to our carnal nature. It is that state that I had when I imagined for myself I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be successful when I gain the fear of the Lord. I didn't know that through this a person must, he has to be taught. You would want to receive many things from it, but there are many elements to how the Lord will teach the fear of the Lord. And observing where this topic is where brother daniel is preaching right now other waters we are going to speak about this fear of the lord for several services about god's holiness about god's judgment because we right now have entered into the good will a good acceptable perfect will and this was taken from different services and from different uh, lengths of time of what, what Pastor had taught us, and I pondered upon this. Other brothers talked about this. Brother Daniel talked about this. Should I speak of something else than than the fear of the Lord? But I saw that I can't. According to schedule, this topic has come, and I can't skip it, because it is a very important topic to be taught, the fear of the Lord, as we hear continually, come children, And listen and hear listen to your father listen to him for he will teach you the fear of the lord right now we are talking about haste that it was necessary to hasten Uh, the fulfillment of the statute couldn't be set aside or couldn't be tear couldn't uh, be slow to fulfill it If having not fulfilled the statute, the angel destroyer would have destroyed the firstborn of Egypt. From the presence of this angel, we call him the the angel of death or angel destroyer. But scripture says, I will go along the land of Egypt. The Lord is going to walk through the land of Egypt. And there's going to be the firstborn that dies in Egypt. All of this will die from is passing by your homes upon which I will see a sign the sign of the blood on the lentils and doorstopes then I will hop over jump over this is going to be protection from the anger of God upon your house but aside from its literal meaning to haste in the dimension of time for us as we know uh, to haste to hurry but in Hebrew in the dimension of the Spirit, and as we know, the dimension of Spirit is outside of time. It is not tied to time. It could be tied to time, but at the same time, it completely does not depend on it. It includes uh, different meanings. Specifically, to haste is to take the yoke upon ourselves, to carry our cross, to endure suffering, to be clothed in the mantle of a disciple, to be clothed in the armor of light, to renew our thinking to ponder upon the law of the almighty to heed to the word of god with fear and trembling and to stand to watch to not violate the word of god we began to look at eight signs that define haste upon worthy partaking of the Pesach lamb and i will remind you of these signs we have already gone over five and we will uh, stop to talk not about number six the first sign of eating the Pesach of the lord in haste in hebrew means to ponder upon the contents of the basic feast, or rather over those truths which we have fertilized ourselves with through the seed of the word that we hear. And there later on we will see this sermon of pastor where he says that it is very important, a part of this pondering, it's necessary to attend cell groups. And he said that those who do not attend cell group services when we accept the word this isn't enough this is great this is good this is important this is necessary and without this we can't move on but having accepted the word we need to ponder on it to chew this word these are the services for our small groups or our cell groups to be able to chew this word the second sign and this is called to hasten we ought to hasten there comes a time of cell group service pastor has said this is service that is equal to this service that we are have right now and we can't neglect it the second sign of eating the basic of the Lord with haste means to hear the Word of God in the humility and contrition of the heart so when a person doesn't depend on himself this is somebody that has a contrite heart and upon him I will look upon him who is humble and contrite in heart where will you build a home for me? Where will I be comforted? All people want to somehow draw near to the Lord and all understand that with the Lord it is easier. He promises, there's a, a multitude of promises. They want to draw near to it. But in order to draw near, it's necessary to have a contrite heart, to not rely on our own mind to not rely on our own strength, our own energy. Someone might hear the word of God and then say, a pastor says correctly, everything in the church is preached correctly, but there are certain details that I don't understand fully. I don't agree with this. This is not a contrite heart. This is a heart that is uh independent and that relies on itself contrite is broken meaning this person relies on himself and not god the third sign of eating the Pesach of the lord in haste in hebrew means to be vigilant and to stand watch over that which we ponder or that we eat through hearing the word of god so we have accepted it we hear this word of god we begin to understand it. So this is what this means. And we inside say, let it be to me according to your word. But when we accept it, we perhaps can't understand it fully right away. That's why we need to ponder upon the word, ponder upon this word, and to collaborate our faith with the faith of God. To dissolve this word with our obedience, with our listening and to heed to this word, to strive to fulfill this word. And when we have been affirmed in this and when we have understood, because until this process happens, it's going to be a word that seems dim for us because we need to move, we need to go forward, and then we can be affirmed. The Prophet prays, affirm my steps, on your path here through our pondering over the truth we need to be affirmed in this truth that we hear and that we are filled with and all of this again means to partake of the basic in haste all of it has to be done in its correct time and proper time we ought to as the fourth sign we ought to cherish the time we need to understand that the process of a spiritual age And the path to when the new man is born, for the mind to be renewed or soul to be renewed, and then the body could be clothed in the victory of the Lord. There is an amount of time, and if I don't have time, something will begin to die. And for my body to not die, for my soul to not perish, for my spirit to not die, we need to progress. And with all of our energy, with all our strength, to collaborate with this word so that this salvation can expand fully and could clothe us. This means to cherish the time and to not set aside for tomorrow that which can be done today. How do we do it? It's written that when you hear this is that time when you need to break ties to dedicate yourselves, to make a vow to God, i had the following i listened to this word of correction and i give a vow to the lord lord tomorrow the brother is going to preach pastor brother daniel someone else they're calling to repentance tomorrow i might change my mind i might feel that this was insignificant but i say to myself, I'm going to go out and repent. I'm going to go out and repent when I hear this call. I'm not going to set it aside. And when I speak this word, then I sit there and thinking, well, perhaps the sin isn't so great. I've already repented, Lord. I've already spoke this sin in my heart. But I say out loud, I will go out and repent of this sin. We tie ourselves up as a sacrifice and and bring ourselves to the altar. We had a goat in my childhood age. and five, six years, we would take her out into the field, and she was a strong goat. And you know how goats are. They are very strong-willed and stubborn. And so one would push her from behind, and I would push her from the horns. And thus, for a straight hour sometimes, we would lead her out to the field, but we could tie ropes to her. But sometimes she is stubborn. This is our soul that is this way. It is stubborn and it wants some kind of freedom for itself. It doesn't want to go to the altar, the altar to be burnt as a sacrifice because she understands that she's going to be pierced there, that her skin is going to be ripped off, she's going to be cut in pieces and then placed on the altar. And the soul knows and sometimes it tries to level with with God, but we ought to cherish the time to speak vows unto the Lord. the fifth sign we ought to find satisfaction in the partaking of the pesic. here we receive the opportunity understanding the whole goal because when the spirit is contrite when the soul is renewed this is going to be a satisfaction before the face of the lord to hear this word our wings then expand we come from strength to strength, we see that we are beginning to flourish before God, to become strong in the likeness of Him. And then we have this satisfaction, this pleasure. Here is what the secret then lies, the secret of God's divine success of the spiritual age and maturity. Therefore, coming to survey coming to service we come with a position of Desiring and finding satisfaction and partaking of the basic and the subject of hearing the preached word about the kingdom of heaven to partake of the Pesach is to hear the word of the Lord and the sixth sign which we have stopped to talk about this is to eat the basic of the Lord in haste which in Hebrew means to fulfill our salvation with fear trembling and reverence very important component Fear and trembling are requirements necessary for being clothed in the mantle of justice which we view in the robe of righteousness. And so, to fill the justice of God in haste, it is necessary to be filled with the fear of the Lord. How do we do this? O Jesus Christ, it is written, And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the Memoes was very great in the land of Egypt. And there are reproaches around us, rumors. When the saints, when they pass along some kind of word, you know, they sprinkle a meaning behind it, and they pass along some kind of rumors about saints, political events. As a person sees, uh, he places his own understanding in these rumors and in these events. And when we hear some kind of rumors, someone is saying something, it's necessary to depend not on that which we hear, but what is meant, meaning we need to be filled with the fear of the Lord. Then we need to fulfill the condition, given to the fact that given that we have already looked at uh, two questions and i'll remind you that we know the fourth questions are applied applied to every truth pastor has taught us to first define the truth god has given him a kind of wisdom to approach any truth and in the beginning one it must be defined here's an apple the fruit of the tree of life it is defined, it is red, it is round, it is large. Weighs this much, these vitamins are in it, minerals, how much it must be eaten. And then the purpose. What is the purpose of this truth or this fruit? For what purpose? When you eat, how will your bones be strengthened? Your mind will work well. What truth does this does this? What purpose does this truth serve? And then, in order to have an opportunity to eat of this fruit, we need to be able to fulfill conditions. God doesn't give an opportunity to enter into these promises and to inherit them if we don't apply or if we don't fulfill our part. He wanted us to become heirs, heirs of the kingdom, And to do this we need to fulfill certain conditions if a person doesn't fulfill certain conditions he can't inherit this truth and we can't receive blessing from this truth if we don't pay the price and then we look at the result when you will fulfill the condition then when you eat of this fruit and eat of this truth you will have results Your eyes will be changed. The lamp for the body is the eye. If the eye is pure, if our conscience is going to be pure and clean, then our body will be bright. We say, Lord, I want to be in the likeness of you for this light in me to shine. Then we will have a result. But if there is no result, this means that you ate some kind of distorted truth because we have to have these components present. And this is the wisdom of God. And this is given to us, the person who reads in the order of God. And if people try to, like I had tried to read 30 chapters a day over two or three years, I read and read. I was feeling nauseated at that point. I understood absolutely nothing. I couldn't penetrate into this truth because it was sealed. Because the revelation of God, the prophetic word, is the sealed word. People say, well, God opened this to us through the Holy Spirit. And you see how he opened it. So they replace. They take this revelation and they say, the Lord opened this for us. They steal it. And then you see that there's a, a thousand different kinds of interpretations and then people look at this Babylon and they say, Where's the truth? They truly want to be shown. Tell me the church that I should go to. We had this guy before that always changed service. He would go for six months in one service and then to another. He said, I'm going from faith to faith. He was given a nickname that I won't say here. Um, he was he would be with uh, a certain denomination then he'd move on to the Pentecostals and he said that this was going from faith to faith and they walk around they're trying to find and they go from the north to the south and they can't find a church and they say God has opened the truth of the Holy Spirit And everyone had interpreted their own way because they did not have the fear of the Lord. But we are concentrating. Our father, our pastor, brother Arkady has given us this balanced, quality approach to this. We ought to fulfill conditions. What conditions? The first condition, I will remind you, is comprised of our origin, and or our growth from the root of Jesse. According to scripture, our partaking to the root of Jesse, who was a descendant of Abraham. This occurred not through blood, but through the belonging of a covenant with God through the circumcision of the flesh. And we step into a covenant with the Lord. In the New Testament, for us, the circumcision of the foreskin is yielded as the bridling of our lips through our immersion into the death of the Lord Jesus that is presented in the doctrine of baptisms. Meaning, I said, I had this own understanding, I had my own thinking, and then all of a sudden I put my finger to my lips, and Job says, I heard of you, but when I begin to see you, that's it, there was a finger to my lips, I am silent. We no longer say anything. This is the circumcision of the foreskin of the flesh. A person stops speaking his own opinion and speaks of the teaching of Jesus Christ who came in the flesh. The lack of such organized partaking to our partaking to the root of Jesse is a lack of an opportunity to be filled with the fear of the Lord. So for us, this is comprised of the following when we come here to this place, we take off our uh, feet or the shoes off our feet because a territory that we have entered is a holy land. And God says, take your shoes off. John had said of Jesus before, I am not worthy having bowed down to take off his shoes take off his sandals. I can't tell him or show him something. This is such greatness before him. And they asked me, well, who is Christ? And he says, and they say to him, are you not Christ? He says, I baptize you in water, but there is he who stands among you, whose sandals I am not worthy to take off. Therefore, when we are before the face of the Lord, we take off our shoes. This is not literally. This happens in the Spirit. We immediately stand before God as disciples so that we can accept the Word. This is when we go before the face of the Lord. God has uncovered for us the place from which He teaches us. He teaches us His order. He teaches us, if you remember, then when the holy people of God met, they said, I thought that this was uh, an ordinary place when they had placed a rock or a stone under their head and they lay down. But this was the holy place. This was a place of trembling, a place of fear. And in order to be filled with the fear of the Lord, the first condition we remembered. And now the second condition, to being filled with the fear of the Lord. If a person does not fulfill this condition, he has no chance to be filled. We will talk about this a little later, but we can meet with the fear of the Lord. Perhaps uh, get close to this fear of the Lord, but right now we're talking about being filled with the fear of the Lord. When we are filled with it and when it is poured out from the brims, it begins to be poured out in our bodies, and our glances, and our words, and so forth. The next condition for being filled with the fear of the Lord is comprised of the price that is necessary to run to God. We run to God. And he sought God in the days of Zechariah, who had understanding in the visions of God, and as long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. Second Chronicles chapter 26, verse 5. We talked about how in our days, We are called to find, and here we have the prophet uh, Zechariah, and the king Hosea had the opportunity and had such a person who would teach him the fear of the Lord. And in our days, we are called to find, and our pastor has taught us many times. When we search for and define, Lord, where would you like to see me? Where would you like to see me? You know, I didn't pray in such a way, and going back and remembering, when I had heard the first sermon, my spirit had trembled in such a way that I couldn't calm down. Although there was a lot that I did not understand, and my soul had resisted it because it went against a lot of my own thinking. But my spirit was so shaken that I couldn't resist this trembling. And I deeply remember that this was something so dear to me, so impossible to, to highlight how clear and dear it felt to me. I had never heard such a word, and I think I will never hear such the word. This is what I felt in that moment. This is the place we define where the Lord will teach us. The next condition for being filled with the fear of the Lord is comprised of correct relations with a father who is endowed with the powers to represent the fatherhood of God. When we have found this place, we must build certain relations with this place. Psalms 33:12 or 34, 11. Come, your children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. We must learn to listen to this word this decree spoken to children come children means children pay attention to your obligations or to your role that is comprised of listening to the father who is speaking to hear means to accept the planted order to be fertilized with the seed of the preached order as soon as children instead of hearing begin to be clothed in the powers of the planter and from their name to teach and to correct their ties to the delegated fatherhood of God is violated and they can't gather treasures in the treasury of their heart. Heeding to the pastors placed by God will give us knowledge of the fear of the Lord and will clothe us in wisdom that is expressed in the expression of the fear of the Lord. So we ought to demonstrate obedience, to pay attention to those key moments and to the words and instruction that we will hear from the Father and to demonstrate obedience not just to listen listening also means not just to hear to hear the word also includes to listen but and to submit to the word we ought to also listen meaning to submit to the word This doesn't happen in one second. Therefore, when the foolish virgins say, give us that which you have, and they say, how? How can all of this be passed on? This takes time. This is impossible to just give the oil. It takes time. This is discipleship. This is obedience. And that this is the time we spend to, le- to learn to heed to the word of the Lord. The next condition of fulfilling the fear of the Lord is comprised of humility that coincides with the humility of the Son of God. Matthew eleven twenty nine through 30 Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. At first, when a person looks at this, sometimes people will look at it and say, they are learning to become slaves there. You know, I'll tell you one thing. When somebody had tried to, and tries to bridle me, to take me under their control, I am ready to endure that, that, but my freedom I am ready to battle to the last drop of blood. This is just me according to my flesh. A bull, a bull with horns tried to take him down. He doesn't allow anyone to approach him, but Jesus Christ said, I am so. Copper Sea, as we know, is on, and a person, we had a business, and we had driven people, and a very rich person had offered me to uh, serve him, to work for him, and he offered me a good pay rate. I drove him. Oftentimes, I took him to the airport, and he liked me. And he always asked for me to drive him. And then he offered me to be, live at home, like a live-in servant. I say, well, what am I going to do? He says, well, everything that I ask for. For example, he says, well, to paint the walls, to organize something, to bring something. I said, I can't do any of this. I can drive a car, I can fix cars. He says, you will fix cars, leave your business, come, tell me how much you earn, I'll give you more. Come and you will work for me. And this interested me, but turns out that I figured I'd have to miss church sometimes. He says, I will give you freedom, but when I need you, I need you. You have to be nearby. I understood that I didn't want to let go of this. No servant binds himself to things of this world trying to please God. I figured I'm going to need to compromise in that moment, because in that moment I was singing in choir, I figured, well, if I need to go to choir practice and I have to work for him or do something for him, I, I can't do both. And then I had selected a yoke that is different, so that, and I will acknowledge that my soul, I wanted some kind of deliverance but i had to dedicate myself or some kind of freedom i had to dedicate myself in the church to fulfill uh, my calling to not leave my assembly what are is contained in these words that christ said take my yoke and learn this means to be humbled to not seek our own To show this humility means to stop searching for our own. To be quiet, to not be evil-willed. As we know, the harlot, she is loud, clamorous. But here we see, to be quiet, someone of the order of God. This is a quiet person. A peacemaker. To not avenge for ourselves. So when someone has done something painful for you, If you write it in your diary, this person said this and that about me. We ought not to have such a kind of book. We ought to bridle our lips to be strict towards ourselves, to discipline ourselves. The Pharisees, if you remember, they had had taken from the Word and implemented certain religious things in the church that were incorrect. But this means to be strict towards ourselves, to discipline ourselves, to not require forgiveness. So when someone has said something against us, said something that was unpleasant, how, how was this spoken about me? How is this possible? We might think. How do I endure this? But here this means to not require forgiveness for any resentment towards us, to be open for resentment, to be opened also for friendliness, friendship, to like to be friends with others, to not violate the landmarks of our neighbor, Take a look at how many different shades we have here of what it means to be humbled. To stand watch of our sovereignty, to not allow someone to violate our sovereignty. There are certain things that if we allow someone to violate our sovereignty, then God will ask ask us of this. To stoop down to another's level. A person says, come, there's going to be a very important business meeting. As an important person that came one time in our state. This was on Thursday in the evening. I said, well, I'm sorry. And he also sings in choir, but a different church. I said, I can't. I have to go to choir practice. I can't miss it. He says, what do you mean? You can just miss it one time. You know, in me there was such anger that riled up. I almost hit him. <laughs> How can a person say this? I said, I'm sorry, but I, I can't go with you. He, sa- he said, "He Why not miss it? Why not miss your practice? Your practice one time, when I heard your practice, there's anger that riled up inside of me. A person enters uh, my sovereignty with God, my dedication to God, and tell, tries trying to tell me what to do. Further, to be humbled is to stoop down to those under our responsibility but does not have that level of dedication. I was also guilty of this before. I thought, well, I'm dedicating myself this way. Um, Whoever is not, I am looking at him sideways. But the Lord has taught that it's okay, it's fine. Control and dedicate yourself, the other person, to him is not uncovered, he doesn't understand yet. In true humility, all of these virtues are found in balance and relation to one another, and such humility gives the opportunity Holy Spirit to clothe the person in the powers of the fear of the Lord, which will be followed by riches, glory, and life. Here is where the secret is. All of this will follow, but first we need to learn the fear of the Lord. We read the Bible seven times, and then we listen to sermons thousands of times, and then again and again and again, you fear that the fear of the Lord, it's familiar in great detail, and now we begin to wait for riches, glory, respect, but something isn't coming, and here the character of a person is revealed. Why? Because he didn't fulfill the conditions which the Lord has given through through his messenger but he grasped whatever he could. Riches, glory, and life, at the head of which stands the fear of the Lord, has nothing in common in common with the definition of these virtues in the earthly or visible dimension. It turns out there is something completely different offered by God. One person calls me and he says, You said that soon the rapture will happen why aren't you being raptured? I say, I didn't say rapture, I said soon, our bodies are going to be transformed. You didn't understand me correctly, I'm sorry. You didn't understand correctly. A person hears something totally different. Pastor preaches to us, and we, in the beginning, take a look at what it says here. Here it's very important. This isn't referring to literal things, this is referring to spiritual the spiritual dimensions sometimes we hear completely different by hearing the word of god we might hear something totally different i heard for example about tithes and when i had heard about tithes the sermon about tithes for the first time i inside of me made firm dedication i didn't know it was going to be in this church but i knew that tides had died for me. The first sermon I had heard, it touched me so much that I was enlightened. I realized that this is a part of worship to God. And I dedicated myself, and I waited for blessings from heaven, but it's not coming. I say, Lord, well, perhaps this is an incorrect truth, but there was a completely different meaning. We will hear and we right away begin to, with our mind that is unrenewed, we try to apply it to our own mind. And somebody whose lips are not bridled, he is going to stumble upon this word. The virtue of the fear of the Lord... Riches, glory, and life ought to be viewed as different definitions that are contained in the imperishable and unearthly dimension, and they are grown in the seed of our heart from the seed of humility into the fruit of the fear of the Lord, and the fruit of imperishable, and the fruit of the resurrection of Christ. And it becomes clear to us what price we must Hey, in order to grow this fruit of the fear of the lord behind which will or after which will follow riches glory and life under the fruit of the fear of the lord grown from the seed of humility of christ we mean the fruit of wisdom that is that builds our heart into a holy place job twenty-eight twenty-eight 28 says behold the fear of the lord that is wisdom and to depart from evil is understanding To understand wisdom and the fear of the Lord is impossible without inclining our heart to pondering over instruction and faith, which yields our true humility. That word which a person that read, reads, we incline our heart before this word. Sometimes we don't understand it, but we surround it with the desire to understand it, knowing that this is God's source for us. Only thanks to understanding the fear of the Lord, we can find knowledge of God. Proverbs 2:1 through 5. My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ear to wisdom. We ought to follow God's commands. The language of proverbs tells us how this wisdom goes from the father to son, from generation to generation. Incline your ear to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for a discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, you seek her as silver and search for her as for hidden treasures, you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Under riches that are contained in the fear of the Lord, we mean the imperishable treasures of faith. James 2, five says, Listen, my beloved brethren. Has God not chosen the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he promised to those who love him? Riches of faith, not the riches that is decaying, perishable, corruptible. Under glory we mean the dwelling of Christ in our heart, who in our heart is the trust to which will belong a great reward. Colossians one to 27-28. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ. Under life that will be the result of the fear of the Lord dwelling in us, we mean healing of those fears which previously were found in the death of the Lord Jesus. Always carrying about in the body the death of the Lord Jesus, meaning this death of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. The next condition for fulfillment with the fear of the Lord is comprised in the price of making an eternal covenant with God. Jeremiah 32:40: The promise of God that I will make an everlasting covenant with them, that I will not turn away from doing them good, that I will put my fear in their hearts so that they will not depart from me. Acknowledging the fear of the Lord is preceded by being filled with the fear of the Lord. We ought to be filled with the fear of the Lord, and then we ought to know the fear of the Lord. A knowledge in the fear of the Lord, and then we are filled with the fear of the Lord. And this can occur in the boundaries of a, an eternal covenant made with God, which is called the new, or the covenant of peace, the covenant of rest. And making such a covenant means accepting the laws of God in our heart, which yield the nature of the fear of the Lord. Hebrews chapter 8, verses 8 through 10. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they did not continue my covenant and I disregarded them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I'll put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts and i will be their god and they shall be my people so this is going to be in the heart and then this is going to be in our thoughts a renewed thinking that we will have and writing the laws of god in the hearts of people is the mutual work of god and man which is called to occur through building in our heart to sanctuary for the dwelling of the Holy Spirit in it. The Holy Spirit will not be in the heart of a person or will not become Lord and ruler. A person will not be able to accept Him if in this heart is not written the laws of God, if there is not a place prepared for the Master. And I will make a covenant to peace with them, Ezekiel 37, 26-28. And it shall be an everlasting covenant with them. I will establish them and multiply them. And I will set my sanctuary in their midst forevermore. My tabernacle also shall be with them. Indeed, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. The nations also will know that I, the Lord, sanctify Israel when my sanctuary is in their midst forevermore. So the promise of God, one after another, one after another. And it becomes yes and amen for us, for the glory of God in Christ Jesus through the service and ministry of the apostles. To build in our spirit a sanctuary of the Lord in which could dwell the fear of the Lord, it is necessary to not bow down under someone else's yoke with the unfaithful. And only having fulfilled these requirements, we will receive the opportunity to know God in the dignity of His wonderful name that is yielded by His fear. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 14-18 through 18. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, there is a yoke of Christ, and there is a yoke with another with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, and what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial, or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? When a person separates himself, he knows where the Lord is teaching him. Is it truly that this is preached in your church, a person asks me. Do you remember that you said one time that if your pastor, Arkadi, which you have followed, that if he goes to hell, you agree to go to hell with them, And when we begin to dedicate ourselves we didn't know what to answer we understood that here the lord is going to grow us and whatever we say we say yes i agree or yes or no i don't i say well look it is written apostle paul says so that together we can die and live what does it mean to die we want to live together but to die Ruth, the Moabite woman, if you remember. Where you live, I will live. Where you die, I will die. Your God will be my God. Wherever you go, I will also go. There where you are buried, I will be buried. But people begin to distort this. And of course, in this way, They try to catch this own um, and try to place this own yoke. We are called to be one with Christ. We say, I thank you, Lord, that you have hidden this from such people who interpret the word of God in such a way. They don't have the fatherhood of God. They don't understand the fatherhood of God. They are not taught the fear of the Lord. Such goodness of God He opens to those that have understood that here is the mother's milk and they uh, are satisfied with it and they grow, and they go from strength to strength before God in Zion. For you are the temple of the living God, it says. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. and will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. The next condition for being filled with the fear of the Lord is comprised of the price for destroying all the idols in the land of Egypt. So to do this together with the Lord, because he destroys this, we partake with him. We, with a proclamation of our faith, agree with God, and we conduct judgment in this way over Egypt. Thus says the Lord God. I will also destroy the idols and cause the images to cease from nof There shall no longer be princes from the land of Egypt. I will put fear in the land of Egypt. Ezekiel 30.13 and therefore the condition for knowing the fear of the Lord is comprised of delivering, or rather, destroying all items in the, all idols in the land of Egypt, under which we mean the idols of the carnal person in the face of the firstborn of Egypt. God gives a promise, and a person collaborates and pays a price in collaboration with gods so that God could have a right to do this. He said, there is your part. Your part is not large. You need to observe the Pesach. There are ten conditions how to pierce it, how to eat of it. And you then will not care how, Lord, how this Egypt, how this carnal nature in myself to get rid of it. A person goes to church for a long time and catches himself at the thought that he again continues. has some kind of carnal thoughts actions according to the flesh what to do here he says and now my turn you fulfill your part your conditions that i give you and i will walk along your egypt and i will destroy the firstborn i will Conclude this. You fulfill your role, and I will bring it to conclusion. We are referring to the idols of the carnal of a person, of the idols of a carnal person, and the dignity of the firstborn of Egypt. We are talking about collaboration with God, in which we fulfill our role. If a person doesn't fulfill his role, then God can't destroy in his heart idols and false gods to place his fear on the soul of a person. We have noted that an idol is that which on the, uh, on the priority scale is placed primary to God. It's in practice, so we in life, that which we place as a greater priority, these firstborn in the first place, you know, each person has a different. Someone says, well, to me, this is important. To me, this freedom is important. What kind of slavery are you talking about here? To who? Slavery to whom? To some kind of people in church and so forth? To bring money there and to be under this kind of slavery? What do you mean this is slavery? Yes, this is. But, again, I talked about the rich person who wanted me to be his servant. Well, if our God, he is rich. He will say he's a millionaire. He, he says, here I trust a hundred million dollars to you. Have liberty, spend it as you wish, but when you need it, when I need it, I will call you. But God calls us. In Him, the riches that we have are an immeasurable. They are great and for all of eternity. And He said, I want you to be in my house and die in your house. And His house is, uh, Scripture says, this is the sweetest kind of slavery on earth. This is a dream to be such a servant. You are sleeping under a tree, hungry, and you are eating the crumbs, a homeless person, but at least I'm free. He says, well, who cares that you have this freedom, but better to be a servant of the great and mighty God. This is an honor and a great privilege. To reject this means to be foolish, because to be a servant is such a privilege for all of eternity. Another person says, I don't need freedom, I need money. Then the third says, I need to fulfill my own lusts or to satisfy my own pleasures, to eat some kind of candies. To me this is enough and I don't need anything else. There are different firstborns that people might have. But all these firstborns are destroyed in Egypt. And these firstborn, they are the object of what we look upon, that which we value, that which we look upon. And therefore, our search, we say we say in ourselves, Lord, I'm serving you for so long, but I don't have this. Give it to me. And then it turns out that we are facing an unfaithful direction. Our goal must become God himself. And this takes time to destroy these firstborn for God to destroy them and we need to observe the basic of the Lord for the Lord to be able to uh, to fulfill his role the hearts of people that search for blessing in order to prosper materially and anointing to cast out demons and to conduct evangelism and thus they cannot have the fear of the Lord and they are a den of thieves before God and it doesn't matter that they are they try to justify themselves, they will inherit perdition. If we are focused on what we have done, and not who God has done for us, what God has done for us and who He is for us, this kind of fruit, or what kind of fruit we are called to bring to God to inherit all that He has done for us, we have not paid the price to be filled with the fear of the Lord. A very important component of our price to be filled with the fear of the Lord though so God's goals are called to become our goals and our goals must be destroyed and they must not exist in us God has to destroy them we have to desire for God to destroy all of this we have to wait for the mercy of the Lord we have to fulfill the basic of the Lord And if these goals have not died in us, these unfaithful unfaithful goals, when God measures us, will be found to be lawless and will inherit eternal perdition. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. Many people in service to God, they rely we ought to know that apart from Wisdom from above demonstrates our righteousness. We have to see the difference between uh, this being naive and the quality of the spirit in which there is the wisdom of God. If he has walked in my statutes and kept my judgments faithfully, he is just, he shall surely live, says the Lord God. Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 9. If a person, upon observance of the commandments of the Lord, searches not for search for God, but his own goals, and this characterizes his uncleanliness, and this person will die to God, he was alive, but then he will die. If a person, in the offering of tithes, searches not for God, but prosperity, he will die to God. If, in so-called good works, a person searches not for the glory of God, but his own glory, he will die to God. This is the truth of God that we hear. And this will occur. And we can't argue with this truth. If in the order of divine theocracy, a person searches not for ministry to saints, but the opportunity to control them, to be important before them, he violates the landmarks of his neighbor, and he will die to God. If in the exercise of the gifts of the Holy Spirit a person searches not for the one, the the giver, but the gifts of the Holy Spirit, he will die to God. And this revelation comes from the heart of God through the lips of his messenger. If in searching for blessings a person seeks not for the blesser, but the blessings, this is seen by scripture as covetousness and this person will die to god if in searching for anointing a person seeks not the anointer but the anointing then this is viewed as evil before god and this person will die to god i had a lot more to read friends for you today but our time has come to an end We will worship God, bow down before him, and thank him for this precious time, and we will pray together. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for this place of trembling, which your hand has outlined for each of us, and for all together. For worship to your holy name. We thank you. For this great gathering of saints that you have called to worship in spirit and truth. We thank you for that which you, that you have made the promise of your word. Alive, accessible, possible, precious. Through the ministry of your messenger, Apostle Brother Arkady, whom we bless as the one who comes in the name of the Lord, we thank you that you have allowed us to enter And to the inheritance of this precious word, and to unite ourselves to the Lamb of God. You allowed us to see the character of Christ, and have begun to teach us to imitate this image. You have sealed this character in our spirit through the your preached word which we have accepted and we rejoice we rejoice as though we have already been clothed in the robes of righteousness and in the resurrection of Christ You have given us the opportunity to consider ourselves dead to sin, to ignore all the lusts of our fleshly body, and to call the faith of our heart through the proclamation of our lips the inexistent as existent. And we are grateful to you for this. We thank you for your precious fear, your holiness. This is a treasure, this treasure of your holy word, the riches of heaven, which are impossible to reappraise, and you have done all of this possible and accessible for us. And we have been enriched by this Word, by this prophetic interpretation of your Word. And we thank you for this, Lord. We bow down our hearts trembling before you. We ask that our cup be fulfilled Let it be filled with your favor with this holy prayer so that we can present ourselves as perfect before your countenance we thank you for your fear and for the opportunity to accept the fear of the lord from heart to heart therefore we ask lord That our pastor, his body be restored so that he could be among your people to continue to teach us the fear of the Lord. We thank you for your mercy and we wait for your victory in our life, almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. And we will conclude with our unchanging manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep us from stumbling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory and unblemished joy, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.